a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. Well, hello, and thanks, everybody, for joining us on this webinar. I'm Andy Johns. I'm the Marketing Business Development Director at WordSouth. I'm joined today by Carrie Huckabee, who is our Director of Strategy and Training. She doesn't like me introducing her as a telco marketing legend, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but thanks for being on. Uh, thanks for being on, everybody. And uh, we hope to give you some ideas on how you can break up your market into segments in order to reach them with the right message. And we have plenty of examples to share uh, with you to show what some of those messages um, look like. But I wanted to also talk about a little side hustle that uh, Carrie and I are are working on. Uh, You may or may not know that Carrie and I both live here in Tennessee. We both like music. So we have developed a special uh, Tennessee-branded face mask uh, made just for country singers. Um, It's specifically designed um, so it uh, it allows them to boot, scoot, and boogie on stage uh, but not spread germs. Uh, Our first run that we're working on here is going to be just in uh, male-sized masks, and uh, we're going to come up with a lady version uh, for the second batch. Uh, They'll be coming out later this year, but at least at first, it'll just be for male country singers. So obviously, um, we want the world to know about our masks. Uh, We're marketers. That's that's what we do. We want to get the word out. We've done our research, and we feel like getting out information um, about our masks to get it out in front of people um, in order to get a purchase decision is going to cost about $100 um, per person uh, for us to get that message out uh, to them where they can make a decision. So we're going to go out and aggressively market to everybody. And the slide you see there, uh, hopefully you're seeing it, is, uh, is the everybody we're going to market to. That would cost us uh, $3,600. There are 36 people up there, $100 each in terms enabled, you know, to market it, to get them to make a purchase decision. And, uh, and so we've got a marketing budget, $3,600 to spend that uh, on those folks. But the problem is that not everybody on that slide is going to want to buy one of our masks. We're going to need to narrow that down a little bit and save a little bit of money instead of spending our $3,600. Uh, we need to narrow that down. So, so first, since the, the masks have the little Tennessee TriStar logo on them, I don't know if you guys are how well you know Tennessee, but um, that little TriStar logo, the circle, the Three stars stand for the three kingdoms of Tennessee, East Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, West Tennessee. That's your uh, social studies lesson for today. Um, But let's go ahead and weed out everybody from the list who's not strongly associated with Tennessee. Let's put some geographic data into the situation here and eliminate Oklahoma folks, the Georgia folks, the California folks, and try to cut our audience down. All right, so we've dropped down um, just to folks associated with Tennessee. Uh, that cuts it down. We're zeroing in, and we're down to a tw- uh, spend of $2,200 uh, to hit the folks on screen there that, uh, that are um, associated with Tennessee. But we need to make sure that we're cleaning up the data a little bit, a little data hygiene. Uh, let's make sure that we run a query to only include living folks. We don't need to sell this to anyone who has passed away. Sadly, we lose Davy Crockett, Johnny Cash, Roy Acuff, Aretha Franklin. Uh, Andrew Jackson, they're off the list, and our budget's down now to $1,800 that we're spending. 
But remember, we're marketing these just to, um, uh, to country musicians. So let's put some occupational data in there and uh, eliminate folks who are not musicians associated with Tennessee. So by cutting it down, we lose Samuel L. Jackson, we lose Peyton Manning, we lose Morgan Freeman, Bill Belichick, Al Gore. Uh, we're down to about $1,300 um, that we're spending to reach the folks on here. These are Tennessee, these are musicians associated with Tennessee. Uh, so we haven't, we've cut it down to $1,300 and we haven't lost anybody that we really consider a prime candidate um, to buy our masks. Let's drop it down now. Oops, excuse me. Let's drop it down now. Um, some preference data. So these are all kinds of musicians. Let's drop it down to just country musicians. So we lose Miley, we lose Tina, we lose Justin Timberlake, we lose Usher. Uh, and we're down now to an $800 um, spend to reach those folks, uh, down from $3,600. So the last thing we'll do here, uh, or a couple of last things we need to do, um, we need to make sure these are actually real people. So a little bit more of um, uh, a little data hygiene. Let's eliminate people who are not real. So that gets rid of Deacon from the uh, that country music TV show, uh, Nashville. So he's off the list. We only want to market to real people. And lastly, we know that in batch one here, uh, we're only doing a men's size mask. So unfortunately, we're going to have to lose Dolly and Kelsey Ballerini. So after we put all those layers of data on there and segment the market, um, you know, put a bunch of different layers to get this one specific segment that we're after, uh, we're down to five prospects, Craig Morgan, Kenny Chesney, Hank Williams III, Big Smo, and Rodney Atkins. Those are gonna be our five best candidates that we think are most likely to buy a men's country music Tennessee um, mask. And uh, we're not spending the $3,600 that we talked about originally. We're only spending $500, but we're still getting it in front of the people uh, that we really feel like are prime candidates um, to buy it. Who were our segments if we go back and look at that example? Um, Tennesseans and non-Tennesseans were one segment or, or two different segments. Layer of data helped differentiate there. We segmented into men and women. Segmented uh, out the musicians specifically country musicians, and then we uh, broke off segments of uh, people that were dead, people that were fictional, and we only wanted the, the living um, segment of our, uh, of our market there. So this is, of course, fictional. Before any rumors get started, Carrie and I are not launching a face mask company, uh, but I did like that example just to show you guys uh, what the segments would be in that example. But Carrie's going to get us back on track with the segments that you guys have as an electric or a telco um, business. Not that a Tennessee mask is not a great idea. And it looked pretty good, Andy. So hmm, maybe, maybe we should talk about it. <laughs> uh, so thanks, Andy. And good morning to everyone. As Andy showed, you know, you can really cast a really large net um, to speak to an audience, or you can just keep narrow, narrowing it down with a specific target, a specific message. And I can remember while, you know, in the marketing world, hearing presentations and hearing conversations about market segmentation. And I probably didn't pay enough attention to it as I should have then because I thought, oh, I don't have the budget for that, or it's gonna take more, or I don't have the right data to do it justice. So I, I continued that spray and pray method of, of marketing for a long time. And 
our consumers have changed, our environment is changing, uh, our consumers like a more personal message that and a better connection. So I think that even supports the need for market segmentation that you're talking, you know, talking to specific people and have a specific message. Of course, there's always those messages that need to go to everyone, your whole community, all your consumers, all your members, all your customers, you know, and you're doing that through bill inserts, your newsletter, through the regional telco magazine. So, you know, there's always that messaging that needs to be done to that whole audience. But I did figure out, you know, as I went on, and I, I think it's true even today, that on a scale uh, for market segmentation, you can have this scale of doing it on a very sophisticated level, you know, this on this end of the scale, the much uh, easier, less sophisticated med, um, method, or you can come out right in the middle too, depending on what you have available to do. And I think it's also true that, you know, we can market and segment based on assumptions and best guesses because um, we do know a lot about the communities that we serve. We know a lot about the businesses. We know a lot about the people that live there. So there's always that degree. Um, that degree of knowledge that you can use along with these other methods. So when Andy and I talked about it, we, you know, in our, in our industry, you know, there were probably, there were four areas that we talked about that we felt like, um, you know, everybody can use. They're, they're most common in our industry. And number one, that's geography. Uh, you know, certain areas in your, your serving territory or where you're trying to tar uh, target. Then there's household data um, that you know yourself that you may be tracking in your uh, billing system or you may be able to buy uh, resources and Andy will talk about that. Then there's your billing system, your own packages and services, the things that you know about the customers you've already have or have left. And then last, there's network data. So we're going to show you samples in each one of these categories and talk a little bit about how they were used. Um, and then, hey, during, during this, feel free to raise your hand, post a question, because at the end, uh, you know, we'll try, to, we'll try to answer those if we can. So Andy, I think you're kicking it off with geographic data. Yes. Thanks, Carrie. Um, you're welcome. So the first one, uh, I guess I want to start off with a quote. Um, Marketing segmentation is a natural result of the vast differences among people. Uh, we're all very different people. Uh, Don, uh, Donald Norman is a researcher, professor, and author, uh, director of the Design Lab at University of California, San Diego. But just the people on this call, um, we are different geographically. We are different um, in our preferences, and our ages, all sorts of that. So, of course, your customers will be, too. When we get into geographic segments, um, there are a bunch of different ways to slice and dice that. Um, obviously, the, the big ones that are drawn out on the map for us, you've got uh, states, you've got uh, communities, zip codes, um, all of that's going to be um, have slightly different um, variations among what the people are like there. I would urge you to think about um, how those communities are different. A lot of y'all may have college towns, or some of y'all may have college towns, university towns, in your service area. I'll show some examples there. 
uh, in a moment. You may have seasonal residents, whether it's folks out by a lake or um, in the mountains, if they're cabins, uh, you may have snowbirds that are headed south or um, are coming back, um, back your way when it gets hot. Uh, there are a lot of different options um, there that um, that can give you a clue geographically. Um, the most interesting one I've heard lately, I know some folks do like a seasonal package or something where they'll offer just summertime if you know people come to mountain cabins. Uh, I don't know if Leanne is on or not or somebody from Twin Lakes, but I think they had done a campaign uh, with a segment for houseboat uh, owners, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so that's fun. Beyond that, I would say uh, we can look geographically uh, on a smaller level. You can look at new neighborhoods, and we've got a lot that we're going to share um, about uh, on a neighborhood basis, uh, how you can break things up. Um, you can look at even school zones can give you a clue. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you know you're going to be hitting uh, in a new area, building out a network or something where uh, you're right in the school zone, maybe that high school is a good opportunity uh, for you to, to reach some folks there. And I would even say that things like TV markets uh, play a difference uh, or play a role as the, um, you know, it's easy to see when you drive from um, Tennessee into Kentucky. I know a couple of folks, NCTC, Highland, a few other folks like that are, are right on that state line. And in Tennessee, everything's all about football and it's orange and you cross that state line and everything is blue and they talk about basketball. So there's some things there if your service area is broken up um, that you can do uh, as well to segment. Um, just, just on thinking about uh, how your area is different. One of the things we've done, I've got some examples. I mentioned that um, Karen, who's on here, would recognize some of these things. This is something we did for WK&T. Um, these were done with variable printing. So the, they came off the printer with just a green rectangle up there. Um, and then the white was actually laid over um, based on the person's address. So they're getting something in the mail uh, with their street address or their street name on it. Um, the idea is to to make them pay attention that um, you know the fiber fast internet is right there on the street level um, that you can do there. So that's a way to break it down on a um, a really micro level um, for a geographic segment. You can do communities as well. Um, these were direct mail pieces. The, uh, the street sign piece was also direct mail. This is a direct mail um, headed to folks in Bowling Green. Um, so this was one for NCTC, uh, trying to get them, uh, the folks in Bowling Green to um, log on and uh, check out the CrowdFiber page and um, uh, log some of their information there. There's also um, the possibility of uh, reaching out. I know a lot of folks will reach out to real estate agents and have some kind of program. Um, that's always something that we're, um, you know, big on getting, uh, helping uh, with folks to reach out to the real estate community. What I like about this one and the reason I wanted to highlight this letter, now, I don't know how well it shows on screen there, but if you look at where it says fiber availability, uh, it says NCTC has active fiber customers in these locations, and it lists six places uh, where they are uh, where fiber is available. And then it has projects planned or under construction in the future, and it lists uh, five other neighborhoods uh, so that the real estate agents can know that it's coming. So that way, they're helping you do um, some of the work there uh, to spread the word, uh, but you're letting them know what segments might be available. In addition to something like that, there are data agencies out there. Uh, we have used one called InFocus, and uh, it's just the letter N and then the word focus. Um, but you can get lists there. Um, they can provide lists of new homeowners, uh, new businesses, 
all sorts of other data I'll talk about later. Uh, and then they've even got a list there called pre-movers, which is folks who are um, getting ready to move. I'm not even sure how they, how they find that, but that would obviously be a good segment there to reach out to those folks about switching um, service. We move on to the next way to segment. Like I talked about, school zones can be a good segment for you. If you are reaching out, um, a lot of folks do these. These were ads for the volleyball program back when um, sports, high school sports were a thing. Hopefully we'll be again. Um, but there are ways, you know, if you're going into um, a CLEC or if your network is expanding into a school zone, having, um, having the uh, plastic footballs or something for the cheerleaders throw in the stands with your name on it, uh, those are all ways of, of reaching that segment of folks that you're trying to, uh, to target geographically. Of course, when we're talking about anything, uh, we've got to cover um, Facebook and Google as well. This was an ad that we had done for Loretto Telecom, um, and this is a way um, you can focus on this based on zip code for Facebook or Google. There are other ways that you can get in with custom audiences by uploading an email list if you have that in your billing system. Um, that can help if you can pinpoint things that way. Uh, but in most cases, you're going to be limited on Facebook or Google to just zip codes in terms of geography. So um, still valuable, but you just have to look at how much, um, you know, if you're looking to market to a whole zip code or not. Sometimes that's not quite granular enough. The next segment I want to talk about is household data. Uh, so that can include all sorts of things from income levels, credit scores, household size, uh, property values, education levels, number of kids in the home, um, all of that uh, is available um, in some shape, form, or fashion uh, from data vendors. Uh, we've gotten um, information uh, from InFocus before. They spoke at our Story Connect conference that we did, I think, two years ago, and uh, back when conferences were a thing that we all did. Um, and uh, they talked about how if you're doing a direct mail, you can buy the list of um, contacts in the area, and you can go ahead and eliminate folks either 75 or 80 years old and up. And you can eliminate the lowest income bracket. And if, you're, uh, if you require credit checks for service, uh, you can drop off the folks. If you get the credit score on the list, you can go ahead and drop off anybody who's got a credit score that's too low uh, for you to be able to, um, uh, to sign them up for service. So there's a way, like with the country music example, where you can go ahead and drop off uh, some of the folks who are less likely to buy uh, your service or who don't meet your requirements. Not sure about all billing vendors, but I know NISC had a partnership for a little while uh, with Nielsen, uh, where there were all kinds of household data um, uh, segments that you could pull uh, from there. We'll get into some of the examples here. So we have done uh, Facebook ads to target college age folks, um, and obviously with the messages that we're um, that we're using there, uh, gaming studying and then back when people were, were allowed to sit that close together on a couch seems like a long time ago um but uh those are all messages that we use facebook to target uh, people who fit college age uh, bracket so that was a segment um there with this one uh, i kind of hesitated to bring this one up um, but we set this up on Google. Uh, this was for Troy Cable down in South Alabama. Uh, we set this up to run um, all over for everyone, but to particularly target folks with search terms or preferences 
related to video games, gaming industry, Hollywood news, mobile phones, internet service providers, and business services. Those were the, the terms that we had um, pointed this one towards. And uh, with Troy, Alabama being home to Troy University, uh, the tattoo, the bearded, uh, bearded young guy, seemed like a good fit. Um, as a man who has uh, grown a quarantine beard, I was happy to see that women responded well to this ad, um, but was surprised to see that the number one segment on this ad was uh, women 65 years and older, which was not exactly what we expected, but um, go figure. So uh, I guess it's, it's, uh, it's not always perfect, but I thought I'd bring that up. And some other household type data. This is one that we worked on with Wiregrass Electric um, in Alabama. Uh, so electrics, um, even if it's not a broadband topic or a fiber build out, uh, there's still some targeting that could be done there. This was for a program they did about uh, manufactured home rebates for when folks switched out a heat pump, something more efficient. And so they had uh, gotten together um, the uh, information from folks with manufactured homes. And that was a segment um, based on that household data that they, um, they reached out to with this piece there. Um, so a, very, a, a niche that I hadn't really thought about, uh, but an important one for them, especially with a program like that. Beyond the data that you can purchase, um, just about everybody on the call, I would assume, can identify some of those upscale neighborhoods in your community without having to pull um, data on where the income's higher. Uh, if you just drive around, you know, if you, if you know your community as well as I'm sure uh, you all do with your service area, you know that some neighborhoods are up, uh, more upscale. And so this is a piece that we had done for NCTC. Um, you can see the wording on there. This went out to the builders, I guess, while the neighborhood was being built. Um, but it talks about the premier choice for premier builders. And it says right there in that little thought bubble for a more technologically advanced home. So this is obviously one speaking to those higher end consumers. Um, that was a, a segment we broke out there uh, with them. So those are the first two items. I think Carrie was going to talk about, um, you know, a lot of those are external data, but there's some internal data um, that you guys have as well um, that you can use there to talk about segments for packages and services. Thanks, Andy. Probably this is the um, packages and services is probably um, where I did the most marketing as far as segmenting, segmenting the audience. Um, and we're all using billings, internal billing systems with CNC codes and, you know, that separate packages and services and what the customer subscribes to. I think the biggest thing with uh, using your billing system is learning or figuring out how to corral all that information or how to bring it in some way that you can use it. Uh, I know some billing systems like NISC do have you know, they have marketing campaign that you can use and, and I'm sure other billing systems have some sort of the same thing that you can collect some of that marketing information. Um, and if not, you know, there, there are other ways or reason codes maybe or fields of information in that billing system that you can, then you can use. Of course, uh, you know, I know your billing system is only as good as the user so sometimes it's hard to, to get that information. But if you can and you're, you know, you're documenting it, documenting, there are markets or target audiences that you can go after. And I love this campaign, this first one that Andy's going to pull up here with, from WK&T. And they were targeting uh, customers that left 
their service that disconnected. So that's a um, an audience there, and and everyone loved this campaign. I love the disco theme. Not that I remember the seventies, but hey. Um, but I love this, and they were targeting disconnected customers, um, wanting them to come back to WKT. Um, so, if you want to layer that, and you know, I think it's important too that when you have a campaign to to think about how do you continue to layer that, or how do you continue to change that message to a specific audience if you can get that data or if you have it. So in this case, um, and I think Andy's got some other sample examples of uh, uh, campaigns going after disconnected consumers, but you might think about it that now some of our companies are offering broadband only, and maybe the customer disconnected it because they had to have a phone. So now you're uh, offering broadband only. You may want to go after those customers that said, I'm leaving because I don't want to phone. I want to cut the cord. Or let's say that another layer of customers would be that um, they left when there was you had DSL or another technology. And now you've built fiber to that area. You've got faster speeds. So you want to specifically say, hey, you left, but now we've got this. Come back. Um, maybe you want to target um, an audience that had good credit. You may not want customers back that didn't pay their bill or got disconnected a certain number of times or their credit score was not where you like it. So, and then there's also where uh, maybe you want to target customers that had specific services and bring them back. So, you know, even with a disconnected campaign, you can continue to layer that down to a specific message to a, uh, to that target audience. So, you know, um, I think that's what Andy and I are talking about today is that you can have these segments and you can have this target audience but start thinking about how do you keep narrowing that down to have that specific message in that um, a smaller target audience. Um, I think the next one here is uh, a campaign that BLC did for managed IT. Right off the bat, managed IT is not for everyone. You know, that's a, that's a target market for your businesses. But, you know, as you look at this, you know, how do you keep layering that to hit a specific market? Maybe you want to send this to uh, businesses that only have a certain number of employees. You know, they have too few employees, they can't manage their own IT, or they've got too many employees, or a large corporation with lots of employees that they also need someone to manage their IT. Uh, maybe it's based on a market. A target market that has a specific broadband package. Uh, maybe it is based on, here's a way to look too, is what if uh, businesses are calling into your technical support line every month or quite often and they've got a specific problem that they're trying to fix. Maybe you take that list and it may not be a direct mail. Maybe it's a salesperson making a call. Maybe it's a salesperson knocking on the door and going in and visiting this customer because they've been calling your technical support line. Uh, and then further, I think that you might want to look at this, that you bring that down even further and go um, market to medical facilities. 
You know, what's the message that the medical facility needs that's different than the banking institutions or your car dealerships? Um, I think, at, as I said earlier, you know, as our environment keeps changing, the consumer's looking for that connection and that uh, customer experience, you know, you keep narrowing that message down so that you know, they know that you understand their pain point. You know, you're not just this one managed IT uh, target direct mail piece, but that you're saying, hey, I understand what's going on in financial and this is this may be a problem you're having. I also remember one time seeing something that really resonated with me that if you are sending this out to all your businesses and your biz and those businesses already have that service, be sure you pull that direct mail out and don't send it to them. Because sometimes that says, hey, they don't realize I already have their service, so they don't really know who I am. So, you know, if you can, pay a little attention to those that already have that service so that you're not marketing to them again. So, again, you know, you're, like I said, the billing system is only as good as the information going in. And maybe you just start small with, you know, trying to figure out what you want to track and then figure out if you can do that with your billing system or some other methods. So, um, you know, sometimes it just starts with small things. Um, so I think that's all. That's the only examples we have. Maybe we have one more where uh, another one from Ben Loman where they were uh, also sending out direct mails for business phone solution. Again, you know, that's a targeted marketed market for uh, businesses. And, uh, you know, there's ways to start layering that as well. Just like I said, with the managed IT, you know, it's the same, same target market, banking institutions, medical offices, and things like that. I think that's the last sample we've got for products and services, Andy, isn't it? That's right. Yep. Cool. All and, right. Uh, thanks. Thank you, Carrie. I would add on to there, there are probably some things that you can learn from your, um, from your uh, services that you're offering. You know, you can start to tell if somebody has uh, one of your higher speed packages, you know, maybe they've got gig service and they've got the premium TV options. Um, that might be the kind of folks that you want to segment out and uh, send something about security to. Or, you know, you know that if you have somebody who's buying a premium level of other services, um, then you might be able to try to push them up to premium on uh, some of the other uh, parts of the bundle as well. The last one I was going to talk about. Um, the segments from network data, and that sounds like a big scary one, um, where a lot of uh, a lot of us marketing people aren't allowed in uh, to see some of that. But uh, I think that uh, once you get into it, it's less scary than you may have thought, and there are a lot of tools out there uh, that make it easier. Chances are that uh, whoever your net, however it's uh, your network is configured, or whoever your vendor is, um, there's some level of network data that you can likely pull out to help you uh, segment your market. WordSouth is a Calyx go-to market partner, and so we're most familiar with them and uh, continue to be impressed with everything that mar the marketing cloud can do. I know that we've got a couple of Calyx folks on the call, uh, but just know that even if Gabe and Hannah weren't on here, I would uh, still be saying that because we're, uh, we've been impressed with, um, with the way it's able to help marketing folks get in there and do that. Uh, what, what I like about marketing cloud is how it's basically set up um, to help you profile uh, folks out and uh, help you get the segments. 
There may be other ways to do that with other software as well, but it seems like it's really, uh, Market Cloud's really set up to do that. Um, right now, um, being able to target folks who are working from home by using network data to identify things like VPNs and who's using a lot of Zoom and that sort of stuff, that would be very uh, important to be able to target at this point. Um, if you can look and see that you know these households have all of a sudden started using a lot of the uh, work from home type tools um, in the last month or so, then those are prime folks to reach out to to try to um, get them to upgrade um, to make their experience better as they work from home. Um, there are ways to identify gamers as well, and then ways to identify heavy streamers. So. Uh, these were online ads that we had done with WKNT. There are plenty of other um, ways to reach out as well um, to those folks with uh, direct mail or um, other options there on how to uh, communicate specifically with those folks. Um, if you're not using um, something like Marketing Cloud, if you don't want to get into the network data um, too heavily, you can do some of these same things by some survey questions, whether you send out a survey to everybody or whether you um, whether you have that set up as part of your intake process, or if you've got it set up where whenever anybody calls in or, or interacts with you, you ask them two or three questions like, what are the primary uses of your, um, your Wi-Fi network, or what are some of the main, uh, how many devices do you have set up at home, that sort of thing. Those can give you good clues on how people are using your network. Um, so those can be done through surveys as well if you don't wanna jump in um, to, uh, the, the network side of the house. Another classic, uh, I guess it's becoming a classic way to use that network data. This is one that we helped Mountain uh, Telephone with, um, but is to do some kind of speed bump campaign. I know NCTC, West Carolina Tell, several other folks have done those as well. Um, but basically you get in there, uh, whether it's with Marketing Cloud or something else, and you're looking at uh, the number of folks who are bumping up against their, uh, the threshold of their package, so you'd look at somebody that's you know has a 25 meg or has a 10 meg package, and they're constantly redlining it uh, up against there. That's a good indication that they need um, they need a little bit better speed to be able to um, to really enjoy it. Um, they may be sitting there thinking that your internet is terrible because the package they've signed up for is not enough for them. The example that I like to use uh, from outside of the telco world, uh, back 100 years ago when they were building highways, uh, the Lincoln Highway was a road that was going to go from Washington to San Francisco all the way across the United States. And so when it got going, um, they, uh, they went to all the Rockefellers and Carnegie's and Vanderbilt's and all the big um, money folks around the country, started raising money to build this highway. It was going to be the first paved highway all the way across the United States. When um, they started doing that. They also needed uh, contributions from state and local um, governments, so cities and um, counties, states to be able to build the highway. Um, and the, the cities and counties and states were resistant to um, contribute. They thought it was just a passing fad. They thought the, the dirt roads they had um, were just fine. But they did, uh, the folks in charge of building the Lincoln Highway did something I think was really smart. Instead of just building all of the mileage they could, you know, building 100 miles and then stopping, they went in between key communities and built two or three miles of nice paved road uh, so that when the folks from those communities left to go to the next door town, they would ride across that smooth asphalt and see what a difference that made. And all of a sudden, they started demanding more and more paved roads across the place 
because they had experienced what it was like um, on uh, on the road. Uh, there was a better way to do it rather than the, the dirt roads they were on. And really these speed bumps are the exact same just doing it with, with broadband that, that folks may be sitting there on a rutted out dirt road thinking that's the best there is out there. But if you're able to segment the market that is having the trouble and then bump them up to a higher speed, um, all of a sudden that's, that's showing them there's a better way and really um, opening up um, a lot of potential to them. To kind of sum it up, Des McHale is a professor of mathematics at the University, of, uh, University College in Cork, Ireland. Um, so when you read this quote in your mind, just read it in an Irish accent, and uh, it's even better. I will not be reading it in an Irish accent, um, but uh, Professor McHale says, take some time to play around with segmentation. If you can pinpoint your best and worst customers, it's well worth the time. And hopefully that's uh, some of what you're taking away from this call is uh, that if you can, can segment the market, be able to look at uh, who the folks you really want to target are and narrow down to them, or if you can use segmentation to pull out some of the folks that are less desirable customers uh, and not spend a lot of time, money, and effort on them, then you're coming out ahead and better off. I'm going to open up to see if we have any questions. I'm going to have to close down the screen um, for the share uh, for the slides, but I did want to tell you as I do that, um, that our um, our next webinar is going to be June 9th. Uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed the, um, the examples and everything that we've uh, shown here, but uh, we'll be showing quite a few of those with some back to school campaigns on June 9th. So we're looking at ways um, to make that um, a, uh, a good, uh, you know, everybody share some ideas together um, for that. So let me pull up the screen, see if we have any questions here. I'm gonna stop the screen share. Couple comments about my beard, um, which are mostly appreciated, I guess. Um, if there are any other more serious questions, I'll take those. Um, let's see, reading this question here. Okay, somebody's asking for some samples. I'll be happy to send those over. Um, so I will do that. Any other questions from anybody? Hey, Andy, um, did you say with the Info Avenue, I know we've used that, um, that source to buy data for some of our clients, but what all, yeah, InFocus, what all um, can you get in, from InFocus? Sure. Um, so they provide uh, a whole lot of different options. Um, we have worked primarily uh, with income and credit score uh, from them. Um, you know, it's not 100% perfect, but they do a, a good job in the rural markets. Uh, when we've looked at um, other providers, it, you know, it's a lot of the big, um, big city, suburban um, areas. And part of what we like there is they do drill down into a lot of the uh, specifics. Um, but the fields that they have, they've got them listed on their site. Um, but I know the main ones we've used are income and credit scores. Um, they do have the list of building permits and... Um, the pre-mover list, uh, some stuff like that. So real estate related transactions, but uh, some of their data also gets into household size and uh, some of the other information there as well. So. so so, it might have the number in the household or school children or the grades and things, what grade they're in maybe. Right. Some of that stuff's in there as well. And I believe there's also education attainment so like whether it's master's degree folks or college degree folks, um, high school degree folks, those sort of things are also available. So 
It's okay. not, I think they say they, they cover 99.9% .9 of addresses. Um, there's not every piece of information for every address, but uh, it's certainly a start and uh, certainly um, gets you headed in the right direction. Okay. I was curious about that. So I, I thought I'd ask yeah. that in case anybody else was too. So, Thank you. Thanks. Well, I appreciate everybody for joining. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, well, it looks like we may just had a question. Uh, yes, Jan, thank you. Um, I meant to say that we will be um, turning this presentation into a podcast. So it will be audio only that will be available through our podcast uh, channel uh, through the Story Connect, uh, the podcast, um, wherever you get your podcast. We'll also have the video um, that we'll put in the next um, newsletter that goes out um, for um, the Story Connect newsletter that Word South sends out. So a couple of different ways to, to, to see the presentation over again. Um, we'll include the, the slides as a separate PDF on there as well. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Jan, for that question. As I said, I hope to see everybody June 9th, wordsouth.com slash webinar to sign up for our future um, uh, presentations. We've got one on back to school campaigns June 29th. August 25th, we have one, uh, Don't Let Your Fall Events Fall Flat. And then we're going to be looking at the customer journey uh, on the September 10th um, webinar. So we've got a few more scheduled. I hope you guys will join us for those. Thanks for being here. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.